It was a tip from a visitor that saved Holly Cordier two weeks after she went missing, hiking in Utah's Zion National Park. She was dropped off at a trailhead, alone, without a cell phone, and without leaving a list where she was going. The young mother, Holly Cordier, was found alive last Sunday in Zion National Park. She was saved thanks to her dedicated daughter, a persistent group of park rangers, and a visitor's tip of sighting the woman. The 38-year-old says she fell two weeks ago, hitting her head and becoming disoriented. She managed to reach a riverbed that became her source of life, water. For two long weeks, she stayed there waiting for rescue without any food. Malnourished, dehydrated, rescuers rushed her to a hospital. She'll be fine. And spiritually, whether water or food, in the Gospels we learn only Jesus can supply our ultimate. The life he supplies keeps us safe from all harm forever. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share every day the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series that we started yesterday called King of Kings. Remember that song? A classic from the Maranatha Singers, singing our title for this week. And though the sound of the music might be just a little dated, the lyrics certainly aren't, Jesus is the King of Kings. And we need to remember this, as we're only two weeks away from a presidential election in the United States. We need to remind ourselves that Jesus is still on his throne, and no matter the outcome, his kingdom will advance. Remember? He promised the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But in dark days, we can lose sight of this truth. We need to remember that all authority belongs to him, the power to forgive sins and the power to heal. And there are two short stories in the book of Matthew that help us better understand that his authority is even over sickness itself. So stay with me. Let's be encouraged by God's word today. For the last few weeks, you've been hearing me talk about a very popular TV series called The Chosen. I knew it was good because my wife Janet loved watching it, but I had no idea how much all of our listeners would love it. I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported this ministry with their gifts and asked for a copy of the first season of this special show. When I spoke with the creator Dallas Jenkins, he told me there had never been an episodic TV show that followed the life of Jesus from the perspective of those around him. And it was completely funded outside of Hollywood by people like you and me who wanted to see wholesome as well as biblical shows. Dallas is currently shooting season two on location right now in a most impressive set that looks like Jerusalem. I asked him if there was anything different about this new season. There's two things that are very different. One is just the storyline, obviously. Season two picks up where season one left off, which is that Jesus has now announced kind of that his his ministry is more public now. Uh, he met the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, as we know from scripture, he gave her permission to uh, mention to others publicly that he was the Messiah, the son of God. And now the cat's out of the bag. And what, what happens when that happens? You know, there's good news on one hand and that more people are coming to be healed, more people are coming to be saved but there's also a lot more resistance. So season two kind of covers a lot of that, you know, what happens to the, to the group 
when, uh, when, the, when the pressure is kind of moving in. But the biggest thing, obviously, that's different for us is the COVID. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to have to spend upwards of three quarters of a million dollars just on COVID safety protocols, um, mm-hmm. just because every day between 75 and 100 people are on this set. And if anyone gets sick um, and, and maybe gets others sick, we, have, we may have to shut down. And that, that every day costs tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. So we can't afford to, we can't afford to shut down. That's, that's complicated. And uh, we're trying to figure all that out. That's director Dallas Jenkins talking from the set of The Chosen season two. After this program, I want to give you an opportunity to get the entire season one of The Chosen on DVD for your gift to Haven Today. With over six and a half hours of viewing content, you and your loved ones will not only enjoy the series, but will be pleasantly surprised to see your story in the lives of those who Jesus called to himself. It's a fresh new way to see and love the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go and watch some of the clips from the show that we've put up on our website and make your gift and ask for the DVD collection at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now, a little more music led by City of Light.
a song by Seta You Liked on this Haven Today, a program series this week called King of Kings. There's something special about the perspective of a child, isn't there? The imagination and the playfulness is something that almost all children have, and it can bring us so much joy. I've learned a lot about my relationship with the Lord by just watching the way children interact with their own parents. Like when a child is hungry, they don't go to a pantry and grab ingredients and begin whipping up lunch. They cry to their parents saying, I'm hungry. And when they get hurt, they run to mommy or daddy. Why? Not because mommy or daddy is a doctor most of the time, but because from the perspective of a child, only parents can take away the pain or the sickness. It reminds me of our Lord and how caring he is for us. When we're hungry, he feeds us. When we're in pain, he comforts us. He even heals us. To a child, mommy and daddy are unique in their authority to take care of their problems. We're calling this series King of Kings because as the political discourse is heating up with an election looming here in America, one coming up in a few days in British Columbia, we need to be reminded who is truly ruling in these dark days. It's not a political party. It isn't whomever we voted or are planning to vote for. It's Jesus and Christ alone. In Matthew 28, he tells us he has all authority. And when he stood before Pontius Pilate, he reminded that Roman governor who had given him his authority. No one can make Jesus Christ do their bidding. In fact, Proverbs telling us that the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord. Jesus is in control. He is unique in his authority. And just like little children with their parents, he's the one we can run to. Two short stories in the book of Matthew that make this so clear to us. Jesus is the king, and that means he has authority over even sickness itself. The first story tells us that Jesus is the Lord over leprosy. Let's read it together in Matthew 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, look at the background. Jesus had just finished preaching the most famous sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. That's why Matthew told us that large crowds were following him. They were beginning to understand who he was. And this man with leprosy had come to believe that Jesus was the only one who could help. He knelt before him, we just read. But it's more important than that. The word in Greek is actually about worship, prostrating yourself before something, worshiping. This is what the leprous man did. And did you notice what he said? He called him Lord. He recognized Jesus' authority over creation, even sickness itself. He said, Lord, if you are willing, that's all it would take. If Jesus wanted to heal him, the sickness would stand no chance. Now, there are some preachers today who take a story like this and tell Christians they don't have to ever be sick. That's not the point. 
The point is the fulfillment of Isaiah's promise. He took our sicknesses. He is the Lord of leprosy, and that means he is the Savior. It doesn't mean he'll take away our sickness immediately here and now, and it didn't even mean that then. Remember that Christ let Lazarus die in order to glorify himself in raising him to new life? In these days of COVID-19 and many of us in isolation, we need to know that Christ is the Lord of sickness, that even if we contract it or get sick, we have an eternal home waiting for us. Secured by Christ's blood, he's the Lord of leprosy. But there's a second story in Matthew 8, and it shows us that Christ has dominion over distance. Even if he's far away physically, his power is just as close as it has ever been. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Well, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant at that very moment was healed. Matthew 8. I'm Charles Morris and a program on Haven Today called King of Kings. Once again, a person in need is found running to Jesus. How often do we do this? Peter tells us to cast our anxieties on him. But do we? If we believe Jesus is Lord, we should be found running to him all the time. And once again, this man in need is found running to Christ and calling him Lord. It is a confession that Jesus is in control and we are not. It's a confession that our lives are totally in his hands. And that's what this Roman soldier had come to realize he called him Lord, but I've always been struck by what he says next. I do not deserve you to come under my roof. I've met too many Christians, too many people that assume Christ needs them. They speak and they act as if the Lord must be so grateful to have us on our team. To be honest, I felt this way. And when I have, it means I've missed something my own sin. We actually don't deserve anything from the Lord. This Roman soldier understood that, and he understood how authority worked. He had people under his authority, and all he had ever had to do was say the word, and those underneath him would do it. He says that Jesus Christ is just like that. All he has to do is say the word. But it wouldn't be servants or doctors that Christ would be sending to heal this centurion's child. Christ would be issuing a command to the sickness itself, sending it away. And this is why it was such a profession of faith. The centurion wasn't just acknowledging Christ as a spiritual authority, as if he only had some great things to teach. He was confessing Jesus as his Lord, the Lord of life itself.
He was confessing that Jesus had authority over sickness, and he didn't even need to be physically present to take it away. How many of us are struggling with the sickness of our own sin right now, wrongly thinking we're fighting alone? Turn to Jesus. Cast yourself before him. Worship him. He may be physically distant. His body's in heaven, but he's just as close to you right now as your own breath. By his spirit, you can enter his presence and you can cast all your cares upon him because he loves you. He's the king of kings, the only one who deserves our highest allegiance. We need this truth in our world and in our hearts right now. The world needs Christians who are more devoted to Christ than power. The leper knew that. The Roman soldier knew that. And we need to know that. We know he cares for us because he suffered for us. And he's alive right now, praying for us, protecting us by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of his blood, and all for his glory. Oh, protector of my soul, you will stand against the The Maranatha Praise Band and Protector of My Soul here on this Haven Today. Speaking of healing, both physically and spiritually, Mary Magdalene serves as a powerful story to Christ's authority over the physical as well as spiritual worlds. 
Mary, we're told, had seven demons. Christ healed her. We don't have many details about this first meeting, but I like how the Chosen TV series imagines what it would have been like. Mary of Magdala. Lord, I do know my name. Thus says the Lord who created you. And he who formed you. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. A transformative scene from The Chosen, where Jesus heals Mary Magdalene and casts out those demons that were possessing her. And that changed Mary Magdalene forever. Mary was looked down upon by her society, certainly an outcast, but Jesus took pity on her. He called her by her name, and he rescued her. And I hope we can see our story in her life as well. We were all tormented by our sins, outcasts from God's holiness. But Jesus came to us and called us by our name. And when you watch the first season of The Chosen, you'll see many more stories from this unique perspective, clearly portraying Christ's mission to rescue sinners and bring them joy. In all eight episodes of The Chosen, you'll better understand the human struggles of those who followed Jesus, like Mary, Peter, and even Nicodemus. They were people just like you and me, but they were transformed by the simple message of the gospel that Jesus taught us. So, for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you the DVD collection of Season 1 of The Chosen. Just call us right now, won't you, at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch some of the series when you visit our website. And after you've done that, you can make your gift there. And the two-DVD set will be on its way to you right away. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday. Would you come back again tomorrow and join me? When again, we get to share together the great story, the story that's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Jesus said a lot of hard things, but the main thing he said, the one that got him killed, might surprise you. Those who accused him during his trial said, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Now, you and I might ask, That's it? What's the big deal? Well, we don't realize what a temple meant to them. For the Jews, it was the very presence of God's glory. When Solomon had dedicated the temple centuries before, the glory of God had come down from heaven with fire. People fell on their faces in worship. They understood Jesus to be saying, I am 
the presence of God among you. And he was. You can grow closer to him with Anchor Devotional. Just visit getanchor.com.